welcome to the March edition of Expanding Horizons. As usual, I'm your host, LB, and joining me is CT. Hello. With the previous episode, we both watched longer series, so for this month, we decided to take it easy and just watch one core series that do not currently have a second season. I watched Kaguya-sama Love is War, which we're both aware will be getting a second season next month, which is why it barely qualifies, so no (laughs) angry comments. And CT watched And You Thought There Was Never a Girl Online. They both have plenty to say about these series, so we're going to jump right into things starting with Kaguya-sama. Uh, Kaguya-sama, for those who aren't aware, is a romantic comedy about two geniuses in a very prestigious school who are in love with each other but are too proud to admit it, so they're trying to force the other person to admit it first. Uh, And that's basically the main idea behind this one. So before we start jumping into our discussion, uh, was there any particular reason why you recommended this one to me? Because I know when we were choosing our last series, you kind of just threw a whole list series at me. <laughs> some of them I had already watched, some of them sure. I hadn't. So I just chose the one that was at the top of the list. But was there any particular reason why you included this one? Or was well, it just... Well, this, uh, this one would have been included just because, well, one core... I forget how many I threw at you, but it was... I think it was like 20. So <laughs> there wasn't anything particular. Admittedly, it did top the list, and I think in part that's because it's coming back. Uh, in part, it's because, especially going into the uh, first anime, where the manga was at at the time just got me really excited for other people to start going in. Because I, I knew that in one core, the anime wasn't going to get to where the the manga got to, but the manga was so strong right where it is. And I'm like, if it gets a second core, which I was pretty sure that it would, we'll, we'll probably end there. And I would love to share this with, you know, as many people as possible. But considering it was a list that also included things like After the Rain and Cells at Work and Scum's Wish... Uh, <laughs> there wasn't a particular theme. We were just going with single core, you know, strong things. And in this case, I was, uh, the only thing I was doing was filling in, uh, you know, recent work. So concentrating on stuff that was 2017 or newer. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, this series, I need to get a confession out of the way. I have tried to watch this series a couple of times in the past. I read the first volume of the manga. I watched the first episode of the anime when it first started airing. And I have to openly admit that I did not give this series a fair chance the first couple of times that I gave it a try. Because basically my first note that I took down when I was watching episode one literally (laughs) says that my main issue with this series is that I was so certain that this series was not going to go anywhere by the end of the first season. And that was frustrating for me. And the reason why I felt that way is because I have years and years of romantic comedies to base that opinion off of. I've seen lots of rom-coms. You've, that... you've been hurt before. 
Exactly. <laughs> so I was absolutely certain that this series was going to go for 12 episodes, resolve absolutely nothing, and it was going to be a pointless romp. So that's the reason why I never gave the series a chance before. So you just read, I'm trying to remember where the first volume would have gotten, but you, you didn't get past basically first volume, first one or two episodes of it. No, I watched the first episode of the anime, read the first volume of the manga, and said, you know what, I don't want to stick around for this. So I put it away, and until you recommended it to me. Okay. I can certainly see that, especially in the concept. It feels like one of those things that could be pretty never-ending. Um, there are many ways in which... Uh, I will try to not lean into, you know, so much commentary on foreknowledge of stuff just from, you know, the manga in general. But my my problem is all of my enthusiasm comes out of knowing exactly, you know, where it's gone, where it's going, how much is being done. There's there's a lot of stuff that the the author is really good at not subverting, but at challenging the normal form of and uh and and doing actual real things you'll you'll eventually get into real feels probably in in this particular one core of anime you're not going to experience too much except for right right near the end when they're you know chasing the fireworks but uh we'll we'll obviously get to uh uh your, your particular feels on it so i was very confident and i've been i've been very confident in trying to get other people into it who who don't even like this kind of thing before who aren't rom-com sorts and i'm like you gotta you just gotta dive in and i suppose if you know folks get through three or four episodes and still aren't feeling it that's perfectly fine you can you can bail at that point that kind of show isn't going to be uh, for you generally, but I have I have hooked many people on it. I I like this show quite a bit. Uh, probably, I'm trying to think because it, it's hard to qualify 2019 with only half of Fruits Basket and with season three of Chihaya Furu because you know scale of their own and also extended continuing works. But uh, Kuguya is probably you know, up there as my favorite from 2019. We'll see whether your opinions hold out or or if we have to, uh, you know, start snapping and dancing and get into a, uh, a knife fight of some sort. <laughs> so, uh, well, I mean, the thing is with this series is that in the beginning, uh, my opinion of this series my beginning opinion i should say mm -hmm. held out for quite a while for the first two-thirds of the series i'd say the main thing that i was watching this series for was fujiwara <laughs> i thought that she was the glue that held this series together i even have a note saying that the series is boring when she's not on the screen so you know that was a big 
thing for me. Uh, Ishigami, the treasurer, he was another really great addition to the series. The supporting cast really held this series together for me for those first two-thirds of the, of the core. Those first, you know, eight episodes or so, it was the supporting cast that kept it going and kept my interest in this series from waning too much. Now, episode nine was the episode where everything changed. Uh, which one specifically was that? That would be the episode with the bedroom scene. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. The ser- the episode where uh, Kaguya uh, is sick with the cold and she gets visited in her bedroom. Yes, the... Uh, the- you you definitely get a lot of okay here's the shtick we'll roll with it but then uh, the they have layers so the the author does a good job at peeling it away specifically for Kaguya who of course is the easiest to typecast as her her particular roles but even even with uh, Shiragana you get uh, plenty of that going on but you got to be a little bit doofier with the guys I suppose there especially in the comm department they tend to be a, a bit more uh, uh straightforward but there's there's certainly meat going on underneath and yeah i can i can agree that right there in the back third you start to get a lot more of why people actually voted for you know kaguya as best girl for the season i think for the year you had a lot of people who uh who really like her. I, th- I thought for a while there, Fujiwara was going to run away with it as well, just for being so utterly delightfully Fujiwara. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I loved Fujiwara. I was a little annoyed that the ending sequence with her dance only happened once. Oh my god! I was I was annoyed about that. I was like, no, this is awesome. <laughs> she needs to be doing this at the end of every episode. Well, I was I was sort of hoping at that point that they would do more specific ones, like they would do endings for the individual characters. I thought they would play with it a bit more, but that was the only specialty one. But yes, it, indeed, it uh, fills the the uh, cold. Uh, uh, you know, dusty corridors of my heart with uh, with just uh, warmth and uh, dancey, silly musics. Yeah, that whole little dance sequence at the end of... The, I don't remember which episode it was attached to, but yeah, it was number, really good. I really two, I think. But, was uh, it? Two, two or three. Uh but yeah, it it was fairly early, so yes, you you do get to uh, be a little bit frustrated. I was frustrated weekly that it, both it didn't come back and they didn't expand it to give you know Kaguya one or uh, Hayasaka one or something like that. So I would have flipped out if they had given Hayasaka one because she was right up there near the top for best girl. Uh, she wasn't the best girl, but she was definitely one of them. It's definitely an overall very, very strong cast. So yeah, I mean, like, so yeah, like I said, the supporting cast really held it together for quite a long time. Even in the final third, when they gave uh, Fujiwara an entire chapter 
that was dedicated to nothing but her eating ramen. So good. That was a really, <laughs> that was also a really fun little sidetrack that they threw in that I thought was really clever and fun. Now, how would you say, you, you say chapter, of course, but basically the it, for anyone who may not know, the structure of the episodes is largely, it, it comes across, even though the manga is not, you know, made like a four coma, it comes across a lot in four coma like in that there are just you know three storylines that are running across some of them may be connected some of them may be not uh to to run there what did you find the structure of that to be one of the challenges in getting into it in the beginning did it just sort of feel a bit disconnected from the the pace of going from one little plot to another i wouldn't say that um i didn't have too many problems with the pace of the episodes i didn't have too many problems with the storytelling it was just that i didn't like the main characters at first <laughs> so that was my that was my biggest hurdle is that I just did not like the main characters at first because series like this with characters of this sort where you know that they like each other, but they refuse to admit it. Uh, <laughs> Teasing Master Takagi-san is another example of this. I get so frustrated <laughs> and it's just like, and I just want them so badly to just go ahead and admit it already. And Mo Monty Python screaming. The, the Monty Python scream, get on with it! Yes. Exactly. I can, uh, <laughs> I can understand that. And of course, you have certain uh, ones that they didn't get enough spool to actually deliver it. So you may have only watch the uh you know the the anime which doesn't adapt the whole thing or you don't have the source of available to have gone further or it got canceled too early and then you're left holding this thing where it's like it, it's just sort of an incomplete mess at the end and uh i i i certainly admit that if you weren't get anything more of Kaguya in anime form, it would probably be very frustrating where it ended. You yeah. did get to see certain depth, but obviously the way it ends, it doesn't end with them getting together. And of course, a lot of people were hoping that it would move in that direction. And, you know, I, I know we're, <laughs> again, being a jerk about it, I, I know how far and how well it will go. So, uh, that I can I can give you assurances at the very least, and it, it I I assume you're probably going to watch it when it uh, does air. You'll you'll watch it uh, weekly, or or did you get uh, thrown at the very end, or uh, you? It sounds like you liked it. 
<laughs> no, I no. After, like I said, the first two thirds, I was just kind of there. It was okay at best, and then the final third, when they actually ramped up some relationship development, that's when I got really invested. So yeah, so no, I will totally watch the second season. <laughs> I don't know if I will watch it weekly or if I will just catch it later on down the line, but I will definitely watch the second season at yeah. some point. I forget if we uh, had a conversation about your your preference of watching. I think we, I think it comes up from time to time, but yeah, I don't on on the forum. I don't really see you jumping in and doing too much weekly. You seem to catch stuff, you know, just after it completes, or maybe I guess start it when you have a good chunk to go through and can time it more with the end rather than uh, watching it week to week and, and having the end anticipation driving you crazy. Uh, my watching preferences vary. It just depends on the show. Uh, I mean like Chihaya Furu, I watch that as it comes out every single week without any issue whatsoever. Some shows I'll wait until there's two or three episodes built up and then I'll catch up. Some shows I'll wait until it's all the way to the end and then I'll watch it all in one go. It uh, just kind of all depends. Uh, of A lot of it depends on if I'm watching it with my wife or not. If I'm watching it with my wife, generally we wait until it's completely finished. Uh, and then we watch it all in one go because she prefers to marathon. Well, I if I have the choice, I prefer to watch it weekly because it's just easier to get through things uh, a half hour at a time rather than dedicating six hours. <laughs> yes. Oh, so by marathon, you actually mean uh, marathon. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to decide. Were, were there any particular... See, this relates to one of the things that came up in our uh, the, the podcast we just recorded, but who knows when it'll drop about anime from, from 2010 in the way that I enjoy getting my combat, as it were, <laughs> my, my f- character fights. Uh, yes. And of course, this is not a hype shonen battler. But it is definitely one what one would consider, you know, a battle manga that is uh, askew. They have, you know, the dramatic revelations. You get the internal monologue presentations. You get these shocking reveals. But it's all in service of these tiny little things like, uh, you know, man- manipulating someone's uh, cell phone batteries so that they can't get a <laughs> call you the the uh, it's not antics either that goes on it's just their their whole thing the the foundation which it which is of course very silly they both like each other a lot but the first person to reveal that they like uh the other person loses and ends up on the the bottom uh, in the relationship. So therefore it can't be them. They'll just have to make it, make the other person confess first. It's, it's certainly an interesting concept, but of course it could end up being a very frustrating one, but they use it in service of all of these weird little machinations and, uh, and, and duels of wit 
and uh, <laughs> and everything, and the presentation of it, I just find uh, delightful, uh, including at the end when you have the the narrator bits letting people know, you know, who won and who lost the the nice little zinger end cap uh, mm-hmm. at the end of each. It's a it's a very good use of actually having you know narration bits and other uh, meta components yeah i mean there were lots of little moments uh throughout the series that i particularly enjoyed i think possibly my favorite like just momentary gag throughout the entire series is when kaguya signs up for twitter and gets banned within the first few minutes (laughs) that just that amused me to no end so yeah, so that was probably one of my favorite mo- little moments. But there were lots of little things about this series that added up to uh, make it a really enjoyable. Um, the opening theme song, for example, I thought it was really interesting that they chose kind of a disco theme for it. I loved it, Mister. Yes, that was my opening of the year as well. I'm, I'm certainly willing to give it to it. I, I do believe that that was my uh, favorite OP of, uh, of 2019. Uh, it was also animated very well and entertainingly. You got a, uh, a lot of uh, stylistic interest in the, uh, in the opening and, uh, uh, you know, the, the thematic components for you know, their, their duel, the, the way it's representing how love is war. It's, uh, awfully good. I'm certainly hoping they can deliver on the, the OP2 as well. Yeah. I'll be really curious to see what kind of sound they choose for the second opening theme song. Uh, cause yeah, like I said, the opening theme song wasn't bad at all. It was actually pretty good. It just caught me off guard that they chose kind of a 70s disco sound for it. Sure. Not not very uh not very normal. <laughs> but hey. Neither is the Yeah, show. it was just it was really different from what you usually get from like anime rom-coms. So it was so I really so I liked that. I thought that it was different, it was unique. It's kind of like, uh, not that this series is anything like, you know, Kaguya, uh, but Death Parade had a really interesting opening theme song that was very unlike anything that you would expect. <laughs> would expect generally, would expect for that particular show once it leans into the, uh, the the seriousness uh that it will get to but uh, oh yeah flyers is, is great uh that certainly li- led me to pursuing an awful lot of uh uh bradio works outside of it i uh in fact that at the last otacon they they had bradio there so i went to a uh a concert and that was very good I forget the uh, the guy who sung the opening. I did at one point uh, search out more of you know his music, but I, I I can't call it to mind at this point. It's been you know a year since I've uh, fed into that seriously. So so yeah, um, 
I'm kind of curious. I mean, I've been talking a lot about my own opinions of this show, and they're all fairly positive. You've stated very clearly that you're, you know, very positive on this series, and you've read ahead on the manga, so you know where the second season is going to go. But I'm kind of curious, did you... Were there any particular moments or episodes in general or characters in general that stuck out to you that you were kind of hoping that I would pick up on as well? Or were you just kind of hoping for an overall ex good experience for me with this series? I, I was hoping for overall good experience. I'm trying to think how I would have approached it in general if I didn't have the manga going in and, and especially as far in as I was because it, it's an awful lot easier to take something that feels like it could be a sticky concept and just sort of you know watch it go on for a while uh, without needing necessarily to get as invested in it so you obviously failed a few times picking up the show before so it was only extra force of uh what is a recommendation and in this case it was in the uh it was in the middle as stated of a long list of possibilities so was it simply that you wanted to you know lean on uh the uh lighter overall source material you know you already knew it was a rom-com and that would be quite a bit different from uh say maiden abyss or uh or scum's wish or <laughs> or something you just you just needed uh uh you know more lift of spirit and the fact that i was pushing it meant okay let me let me give it a full shot yeah i think that's basically what it was it was just you know i had watched you know, 40-something episodes of KOR. I was looking for something a little lighter, something that I thought that I had a much better chance of enjoying. Uh, and so I went ahead and went with this one. I wouldn't say that... Well, okay, actually, let me take that back. <laughs> I would say that a lot of the other choices on the list were more dramatic like you know scum's wish and made an abyss and such uh which made an abyss by the way i have already seen so that i had to cross that one off the list anyway yeah but i mean place further than the universe uh is not you know deep or dark i did put babylon on there so that would be uh who uh <laughs> <laughs> Girl's Last Tour is, uh, you know, where Tsurune sells at work. There were, uh, there were, I, I basically wanted to plaster a whole bunch to, to give you, uh, something that's an easy pull if we don't want to think about things. And it's like, okay, let's, let's move to a quick, uh, one core, let's fill in some stuff. And then that would let you pick to, uh, to suit your mood. So. Yeah, so I think Kaguya just fit the right moment. Uh, I was looking for something lighter, something a little funnier. I wasn't 100% that I was going to love it, but I wanted to give it a shot anyway, because it's 
has quite it's had quite a bit of buzz behind it for the last year so i just figured you know what let's give it a shot and yeah uh, like i said i really enjoyed it by the end that is that is good uh, the the only i i know that prior to coming out that was one of the ones that uh, a whole lot of people were you know hoping and praying for the uh for the anime adaptation uh, the only stronger one I can think of right now is uh, Komi-san can't communicate. So uh, well, once that gets picked up, uh, you're you're going to have an awful lot of uh, you know fans flooding and showing off everything about that to try to drag in as many people as possible. No, and I can't really I mean, argue. To be, to be fair, the manga that I'm currently waiting for them to adapt is Way of the House Husband. Sure. That is the one that if they adapt that into an anime or a live action or anything, I will absolutely watch it. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind that I will pass up a chance to watch a, uh, an adaptation of Way of the House Husband. It's not too much of that yet, though, so I don't, I don't think we'd be seeing it for a bit. Right, it's, eh, it's you like... never know. I mean, I've seen we've seen manga with only two or three volumes, you know, get adaptations before, and they just fill it in as they go along. So, sure, sure. Typically, I feel like that's for ones where you know they they know that the author is wrapping things up rather than just having a continuing series. Yeah, that's fair. That feels like uh, something. I don't know how well Hinamatsuri did, but uh, that was definitely one of my favorite uh, comedies of of recent years, and uh, had a lot of fans. But uh, it it feels like, in a way, the house husband would have sort of a similar oddball appeal that uh, Hinamatsuri does. Less of the, uh, you know, supernatural alien people with uh, with psychokinetic powers. We'll probably get it if we get friggin' Drifting Dragons. <laughs> uh, a, a thing in, entirely of half dragon hunting Moby Dick adventure, half cooking show. Uh, I, I figure we'll we'll get stuff like that as well. Big industry out there. They they have to adapt. Did you have any other questions, comments that you wanted to throw my way before we move along to our second series? Uh no comments particularly. Um, I'm I'm a bit far away. I I meant to you know if I could to rewatch, but I didn't have time this this time. But I was also thinking of. Listening to the OST, which I didn't get around to, but uh, the the composer I was uh, looking through, I had not heard of Kei uh, Haneoka, uh, and did a bunch of, uh, you know, sort of random things like uh, Nagima and UQ Holder and Himawari, but also did a whole bunch of... Uh, Monogatari stuff, but starting a little bit later, so like uh, Hana Monogatari uh, up through Owari Monogatari. So I was like, well, that's interesting. Uh, and recently 
did the music on uh, that anime about Koto playing. So it, it seemed like an, an interesting composer. I'm probably going to have to check out a little more. Yeah, uh, and but, it seems that they'll be returning for the second season of Kaguya, so... I would hope so. Same thing with the director, who mm-hmm. uh, directed things like Grand Sasenki and Rosenmaid and Sankareya, a bunch of sort of random ones. And then something that you would not connect to, but I, I wrote it down as the director of motherfucking Rakugo. So... Uh, <laughs> And I was thoroughly impressed with with you know basically everything about uh, Shogun Roku Rakugo Shinju. So uh, the fact that that same director delivered Rakugo that well and also delivered Kaguya that well, it makes me interested in keeping an eye on just what projects he uh, he picks up and does. He's not wedded to a particular studio because of course Rakugo was was Dean and this was A One. So, uh, other than that, the only other thing that impressed me a lot was when I was doing my usual Seiyuu dive. Most of them are pretty new, kind of without breakout roles. Like the oh. entire main cast. Kaguya, Shirogane, uh, Fujiwara, Ishigami, Hayasaka. I don't think any of them had a, like a, not even just didn't have a lengthy repertoire, but didn't really have these notable roles that uh, that they fed on. And I thought Kaguya herself was a very challenging role to represent Shiragane to a lesser extent, but considering the two-faced nature of having to, uh, you know, present their conflicts with each other and how they, how they talk to each other, how their inner monologue runs, how their inner monologue turns once they feel like the situation has been flipped on them and they're going, Oh no, what, wait, what, what did it? They, they all did a, a great job, but it was kind of interesting to really not see a whole lot of practiced hands at it. So, all right, in that case, let's go ahead. Let's move along to our second series. And you thought there was never a girl online. So for those who have not seen the series before, can you give us a quick little recap and what your general impressions were? A quick recap. Um, our... <laughs> Sorry. Uh our main protagonist who, you know, it's not actually a uh a going to another world kind of show, but it certainly feels like uh it's the protagonist of one and it does of course revolve around a, an MMO. He's an Open otaku at school gets made fun of. Uh, all he really wants to do is go home and log into an MMO called Legendary Age, uh, to which he has a you know a nice tight guild of just four people, one of whom he is married to in game, who is a a cute girl. But our hero has been burned before finding out that another cute girl he confessed to and wanted to marry him was, you know, an old office worker dude. He's like, sorry, man. 
and uh, somehow this uh, is something that he could never have imagined, that it uh, shocked him to his core. So he has sworn off uh, love and girls and trust in his online game, and this is just sort of a, hey, you know, she's cute, uh, that's fine, we're married in game, but I'm not interested in knowing who this person is. It's still keeping a uh, an emotional distance from uh, from the characters and just uh, you know having fun playing the game with his uh, uh, with his small guild, but uh, within short order, he and the uh, female healer who he believes that uh, uh, what is it is probably a guy, and their brash male you know, offensive fighter type. I don't think they ever really use classes in there. It's just, uh, you know, a, a, a damaging uh, two-hander wielding kind of a berserker, like just not uh, in that category. Uh, and the male wizard guild leader decide to have a uh, an, an offline get-together and find out that, uh, you know... Uh, along with the title, and you thought there was never a girl online, L literally everyone in his guild are girls. And in fact, all go to the same school, one of whom is in his class. The guild leader is the uh, student council president. So you're you're piling in uh, an awful lot of tropes in, uh, right, right in the <laughs> beginning. So I do remember... Watching this at the time, I kept up for, I think, three episodes before I decided that I really didn't care about watching too much more. Uh, it seemed like it had certain elements to it that could potentially be interesting and go deeper and reveal something more because uh, Akko, who is the uh, cute healer, you know, she's in real life in school she is uh basically a, a very bookish keep her head down don't make friends just get through school sort so she's only been able to socialize and in particular only able to really socialize with uh, rusian uh our main character's character in game and it it's quickly uh revealed that she's you know a bit demented and obsessed where his character goes and also that she has trouble you know uh, separating reality from the from the game so in school we'll start calling him by his character name uh considers them wed kind of she certainly talks about them as if they were married whereas of course he's like i, I don't even know you uh, except in the game. Uh, one of the big things about it is, of course, the the repeated line uh, that, you know, the, the game and real life are different. They decide to uh, start a club to try to... I'm not sure what, what the idea was. I know it was given an explanation, but I didn't understand the explanation for what is it, what the, uh, what the purpose was by playing in school to help her separate... <laughs> <laughs> reality from fiction <laughs> while she's able to still call him by his character name in school and they just wander over to the club 
and play a game where they're all calling each other by their character names in physical proximity to each other. I'm not sure they thought the uh, the plan through very well. <laughs> but by by episode three, you know, really quickly, it was the kind of thing where I'm like, well, it, it seems like there could be some interesting things. But my fear is that with the presentation, which is very, you know, bubbly and fan service heavy for no reason. I'm like, I, I could not see it getting below surface level. And after 12 episodes, I, I'm afraid that opinion did not change at all. It, uh, it, it seemed like of the interesting potential concepts that it could play, it wasn't interested in exploring any of them. You, you didn't get any explanation as to why Akko was, the, why, why was she investing so much into the game uh, you saw her mother once who, you know, is already talking about uh, Nishimura or Rusian as if they're wed as well. And I'm like, well, that's a weird position for a mother to take. <laughs> uh, she talks about things like feeling very unlucky and why do these other things. And, you know, perhaps you have a lot of series where you have, uh, you know, fixations with uh, hikimori sorts uh, hikikomori rather and and neats and things like that but she's still in school and there's no delivery on what would make her the way she is that would let me connect to you know the the parts of her there, there's no real explanation as to why she can't differentiate the game from reality uh they even kind of give up on her tendency to, you know, go into the, uh, the most interesting things to me from the beginning was when she would start talking in like uh, normies must die language, <laughs> which was definitely amusing. There were some great screenshots and quotes that I took uh, of that back in the day. There was plenty of entertainment here and, you know, the, the, there were parts that were fun enough, but it seemed like they just kind of had a fun setup and left it at here's a fun setup and just had no exploration of it, had no explanation of it and gave up on parts of it anyway, because they had to, well, do a whole lot more playing in the game. The, the game did not become a lens to uh, helping her character and short of one or two reasonably interesting scenes where it seems like he's trying to connect to her in some way that would help her get over things. Again, there's nothing to get over. I, I don't know why she is. <laughs> but she has really big tits, so... Uh, <laughs> there, there are a whole lot of characters with very bouncy bits. Uh, the, the camera pans... Uh, and has under table shots all the time, and I'm like, oh my god, can you, can you st stop occasionally? <laughs> like you can, you can do cutesy things here. You can, uh, uh, you know, fixate on uh, on the costumes. Very quickly, the uh, what is it? The the president who who does have a great. Uh, uh, name I, I love her. What is it? Uh, uh, Goshoin. 
that's a great last name. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, she's entertaining, certainly. Uh, I would have enjoyed a whole lot more of the fact that uh, between, you know, Akane and uh, the, the Prez, or they call her master all the time because guild master in the in that they still represented the crossplay but basically after the first episode you know it wouldn't please the otaku audience to not watch cute girls doing the fighting so therefore they were no longer their characters that they originally built and in fact the uh the master at that point was wearing you know her her male counterpart had a nice chest bearing a uh, thin ribbon strip, like a open-chested robe kind of thing, and it and it was fun for an outlandish, uh, explosive wizard, and and also one who they uh, keep getting to rib on because it's just one of those people who pays real money into the game for premium items. So, uh, yeah, half halfway cheater. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then of course the rest of the time it's just like here are some ribbons barely covering her uh the nipples on her voluminous breasts and uh it's 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 one of those things that i'm like oh god and, and they you'd never get any pullback into okay here are those characters that they originally had it's just okay Everyone, again, they're always playing a game and they always look exactly the same in real life versus the game. And that drives me nuts in a lot of MMO kind of games. So uh, <laughs> I don't know how much to lean into me just being a very jerky, nerdy sort. But uh, I played MMOs for, you know, a whole lot for a very long time. So there's a lot of things where they start leaning into a lot of game mechanics and other things where there are two levels of frustration. The first is where it feels like whoever the author is has never really played a game because they're doing real, you know, dumb shit during it. And then the second is that, you know, if you actually represented the game, you could do more interesting things with it here and there and also just being able to look at it the, the fact that legendary age is a top-down barely focused uh you know 2d characters so it's kind of a wannabe ragnarok online but then mm -hmm. you would get these characters experiencing these why these giant guild battlefields and they go on a date and they experience you know, flying on this you know wacky flying thing over the ocean and experiencing stuff i'm like it's not Sword Art Online. You haven't strapped on VR gear. You literally can see nothing other than a grid of water tiles underneath your characters because that's what you've chosen to present your game with. I'm I'm constantly knocked out of it by knowing what type of game they're doing because they've presented the game one way and then the way that uh, they're reflecting it in you know the normal animation between the characters as if they're talking, as if they can... Uh, you know, go up and bounce cleavage at a character. They're reacting to things they couldn't physically react to in game because it literally wouldn't exist in the game. Your your user can't go up and grab someone by the arm and stuff uh, his hand in, in her cleavage to make the other uh, character jealous because I'm like, you're, you're just 2D. 2D tunes, you can't even overlap in the game, damn it. <laughs> That's not the way you're built. 
so to, it, there there is so many layers of just frustration with this thing and if i was supposed you know there are cutesy bits to the relationship but if i was supposed to draw any particular investment from it i all of the things going on they'd be just almost completely unable to connect with the two short of a couple scenes but again it's like they're they're not fulfilling scenes in that there's there's no meat there's no substructure and it doesn't lead somewhere it's just sort of a well this feels like the way to get her to come back to school now or she got jealous over here and so i have to meet her on her level and and do a thing and you you get a little bit but it 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 doesn't go anywhere so yeah, but all of my fears from watching the beginning were borne out. <laughs> Plus more that I could not have predicted because I didn't actually think they would do so much lead, leading, excuse me, leaning into doing stuff in the game. Like uh, I could predict perhaps that they would have a training camp and the beach episode and... Uh, uh, and the other stuff and have some fights between the game here. They had, had a potentially sort of interesting thing with his account getting hacked because you don't normally see something like that. But again, the representation of it is very silly. I'm like, uh, you, you need to lay out certain things to let me know why on earth wouldn't they just roll back your character to the day before because they know your account was hacked. Uh there, there are ways in which, uh, you know, games will respond to it, or at the very least, you have to say why they won't do it. Uh, so you, you get weird levels of drama in here, but the, then they have the school festival, and I'm like, okay, they're going to do a, you know, a school festival thing, but it, it becomes about a realm versus realm, or a guild versus guild battlefield things and i specifically played a game that had as its focus realm versus realm combat it was a more pig back in like 2002 or or 03 called uh, dark age of camelot and you literally had ton of people doing this kind of thing they would raid fortresses they would take it over they would get bonuses for the realms for a period of time so i'm already thinking about that sort of thing and i'm like you, you guys are a tiny guild of four people and you're talking about trying to take, you know, things away from a guild of 20 people. And in fact, they said you couldn't use premium items, uh, during there. So your, your guild leader couldn't, uh, you know, cheat her way into taking over a thing. I'm like, why, why are you even trying to have me invest in this? The payoff was sort of okay, but not, it was not worth, you know, like three whole episodes of of going around this uh, this sort of direction and, and even considering that it was a good idea. And uh, I don't know, I would have thought they would try for a more interesting concept rather than we took a screenshot in this game that we just could have, you know, done in Photoshop. <laughs> it was satisfying to them, but it wasn't an exhibit that would mean anything to people. Introducing people to the game would mean something to the people. The only thing that they got out of it was a screenshot with their school emblem in it. <laughs> but the, but no one looking at it would know what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, ah, 
it, it just felt like there were so many misfires in here. Uh, so yeah, that, that was not a, I, I'm not sure what you, uh, what, what your general opinion of it is and, uh, what you might've thought, uh, for me going, going into it. Did, did, did we chat about it? Did, did you know that I had watched some of it, like it was watch and drop? But technically both of these were watch and drop, but I didn't know you'd touched Kaguya. I just knew that it... I think I knew it wasn't on your list. Or no, I guess I, I wouldn't have at the time. I was just tossing stuff out there, so... But, uh, yeah, well, with this series, you had mentioned that you had watched a couple of episodes before and then you decided to put it off to the side. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I gave you a couple of other choices of, uh, I don't remember. remember. Yeah, I don't remember what they were at this moment. Uh, but yeah, I definitely, I gave you a couple of other choices and, you know, as always, you know, the rule that we've always had is that if you have to drop something, that's the reason why we all, we offer alternate choices. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, no, I know. And I have not yet hit the bail button. I feel like I should have, because this is, this feels like the one that I've regret having having to go through the most by the end there was some amusing bits have, have they announced that they're doing any more of it because i know the no, light novel series was, has a ton it was but... such a under the radar series okay what what were you getting i guess specifically because i assume what was keeping you there was the you you mentioned i think in one of the other casts just the the actual romance the relationship between the two characters between uh, uh Akko and Rusian what yeah the... in a yeah in a previous podcast i did bring up this series before um i liked the relationship between the two main characters in this series i liked that they bonded together over something and i liked that the relationship it it didn't develop by leaps and bounds, but by the end, I liked that his feelings for her gradually changed so that in the beginning, it was very much a, you know what, this is an in-game thing only, why are you even coming around and hanging around me at school, to the point where he was much more invested in her in real life and wanted to confess to her. Uh, I loved that moment where he finally works up the courage to confess to her and she says no because being your girlfriend would be a demotion from your wife it it was funny that i think that was the only after credits uh uh scene in it it was amusing of course it was you know blatantly obvious why she was answering from it so even the things that you would think were you know potentially doing something unexpected were you know you you knew what was going on anyway you just know that he's uh, uh an ob- kind of being a, an oblivious idiot she's calling him uh you know her husband the whole time it 
the whole problem has been trying to get her to uh, separate his character from him and game relationship from real relationship. I'll I'll get back to that in a second, because there was an interesting thing from a philosophical question that that surprised me as being as interesting to think about ultimately uh, as it was. But that my my read on that, though, is as far as their relationship goes, he starts from a perspective of thinking, oh, well, she's probably a dude anyway, like these other dudes that I'm in my guild with. Uh, and I like playing with them in the game, and I like this character, and we can be married, and apparently there's a benefit, but they never actually tell you what it is. There's just, oh, they probably just play for the marriage benefit again. That'll, I'll, I'll bring that up again in a second. <laughs> but, but he's, you know, kind of a recluse, nerdy... Uh, open otaku more than likely, you know, in in the fact that it, the presentation is very much like, you know, low-rent harem-bait protagonist uh, uh, kind of structure. Uh, he feels like, you know, the, the kind who would immediately attach to anyone who showed interest in him, except in service of plot where they can't make a decision between them. But in this case, there is no other option uh, for it. It's simply, well, she's proved she's a girl and that she's uh, very attractive and has obscenely large breasts. Uh, And also everyone else in your guild is an attractive girl and you have no issues with any of them. So the development of the relationship doesn't feel like something that wouldn't have been like, oh, well, pretty girl shows interest in me, therefore, of course, I would want to go out with pretty girl. So the conflict is entirely from the Akko side of it, which, again, we don't get to see the why or the where of it, and we don't really get challenges. They'll kind of lean into it in the end as well. I mean, they're they're halfway feeding her delusions for much of of the show and it does not become the thing that you know it was supposed to be what their club was created it was supposed to be the big thing there's no resolution to that in the end it's just kind of laughed off in the end and it just doesn't matter in general he loves her a lot now as well and that makes a lot of sense in that if you have been chatting with someone online and you've had a relationship of just sort of a mental conversational connection to them, whether you thought they were uh, a, a middle-aged dude or not necessarily, you have a relationship established. And it's not that he didn't want to have anything to do with her. It was simply him coming to terms and trying to get over the embarrassment uh, Akane didn't want to be called by her character name outside of the game. It's like, hey, you're doing open otaku shit. Cut it out. I want my school life to be normal. It was just normal otaku embarrassment sort of thing. It was not really a, I must keep these things separated. Now, they do that because Akko is presented as being fairly delusional, and you should keep it separate if you were concerned with this person. But then when it doesn't matter anymore, it, it's like, in my mind, it it seems to be telling me that, it well, it never mattered to begin with. And so I'm just like, all right, well, why didn't 
he'd just be like, okay, hey, since you are exactly who you've presented yourself as and I fell for you in the game, let's just go out. There there shouldn't have even been a, a question about it or a concern. This doesn't feel like a development of a relationship. It feels like a dramatic stumbling block that just became pointless over time, uh, which was the whole separating the game life from real life, which they use as a catchphrase at the very end still. But again, it, it stopped mattering rather than it became a thing to be overcome. And, you know, she understands the difference between it. You get a little bit of it, but not enough to to make me go, ah, yes, this this conceit was developed well and ended strongly. It, it was very eye-rolly. To get back around to, to what I was uh, talking about philosophically, when, when uh, what's it, the, the pink-haired girl, who is also, well, when she going to join the game? She has way too much character design to not join them in the game and in the club eventually. So, of course she does. But when uh, Nanako asks Akko, you know, why do you really think you're married in real life. And of course, there's a subtext of, well, obviously, legally, we're not married. Being married in real life means more than the game. But she takes it from a relationship level of, well, you know, pretend you two were were married in real life and you start playing the game. And then what would you think if one of you asked, oh, OK, hey, we can get married in the game. Let's get married in the game. And the other says no or decides to marry someone else. And of course, everyone's reaction is like, well, th- th- that's real shitty. <laughs> <That'd be> a, <laughs> that would be a betrayal of stuff. Of course, you would just get married in the game. And th- then you're thinking about it. And it's like, well, you know, when you're going in from that direction, it's, it is, well, of course. Although, frankly, from my experience, that's not a well, of course. There were plenty of married couples in the game who were not married in the game. <laughs> so even that comes across as uh, uh, anti-typical for it because, you know, they might be playing completely different character types and it's like, oh, let's just marry another person. doesn't mean you have to have net sex with them. Uh, it just means your characters are married. So, but it was certainly at least a thought-provoking way to flip the narrative and be like, uh, okay, well, it's from this direction, it's an of course. So from the other direction, right, what does it mean? Now, now they all resist thinking about it further and then go into a, a scene where, you know, they're going to FaceTime nudity over to uh, to Brucian. So everyone's panicking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and there were more more naked nubile girls uh jumping from one ostentatious pool of of steamy hot water to another with nipple obscuring steam so there there was a little bit to it but ultimately again there's just not enough follow through it's it's used more in service of a gag than something to think about and that's kind of the same way that it just feels like everything that should have had weight to it or should have gone somewhere just gave up and maybe that's 
in part due to the way that the light novels themselves are constructed. Maybe a lot of this stuff can only really sort of exist within the the one or two that's representing a particular arc. But uh, but it was it was uh, it was very frustrating. So yeah, I think. And I can't say this with 100% certainty because I haven't read the original source material, but I do believe that this might have been another series where just because they only had 12 episodes, they weren't able to get into a lot of the things that frustrated you, and that's the reason why the anime didn't take off as well personally I'm, you know i recommend possible. yeah i mean i recommended the series to you because i enjoyed it so you sure. know it wasn't i wasn't trying to force a oh let's <laughs> do this to him kind I of like orange road so fuck you man <laughs> <laughs> no i know and it wasn't the only option and I, obviously you did but I, i'm it was it was the the approach felt you know that it would have felt very similar, I think, to if Kaguya-sama didn't deliver at the end, then you probably would have had a fairly mad time of, well, I enjoyed Chica's antics, and this was fun, and this was fun, but ultimately, you know, it didn't do anything other than what I suspected from the very beginning. It, it feels like it, and obviously, depending on the series, it could have gone that way. So with your recommendation, I'm willing to go through... Uh, and, and same in reverse, but uh, I, I just don't know what I was supposed to attach to with with this. And I'm wondering how much of it is the the amount of time. I don't know how much you know gaming you do in general, but uh, specifically in this case, whether you you did any heavy more big uh, stuff back in the day or or currently, because hey, there are. There are games out there that are still popular. I am not a very big MMO gamer, which drives my wife nuts because she loves MMOs and she wishes <laughs> that I would play them with her. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only MMO I've played and actually stuck with is Final Fantasy XIV. Okay. Um, so... No, I am not a cat girl. Though. How could you not be a cat girl? I played it specifically to be a cat girl. It, <laughs> it seems obvious, but... <laughs> yeah, that that's a little odd, because, you know, it's the kind of thing where I would love to have someone close at hand to play MMOs with. I probably wouldn't have stopped if I had someone <laughs> that I was playing with. It, it becomes much better when you have a... Uh, uh, e even when... You know, it's not a, uh, it doesn't have to be a guild thing. I suppose if you really enjoy raiding and endgame content, you always need a large crowd to work with. But the amount of fun that you tend to get from these games is usually very proportional to the number of people, you know, you're able to commonly play with. And the difference between soloing and duoing is... Uh, is kind of night and day. I can understand her frustration from the other end, being like, damn it, you play my game! <laughs> <laughs> but hey, may maybe you'd get far too, uh, uh, you know, engrossed with one and then uh, lose, lose too much anime watching time. Can't have that either. 
but uh, priorities, <laughs> man. Yeah. So I have a weird thing about a lot of these things. And of course, just how common is it to have thing based around some online game at this point? Uh, but the the various sins of their presentations hurt me a lot harder than I suspect they hurt you or other people because I actually care about them. I've been, I've been waiting for, you know, one to come back that would let me be engrossed in it the way that uh, the original EverQuest was for me, which is what I consider still one of the, uh, probably my favorite overall game. It, it's usually hard to rank a game where you basically need a whole lot of other people and online servers to play it versus just really loving you know akami or something like that the, the the amount of time that i invested in it from a variety of ways was was huge and the experiences are actually you know very powerful i think that if you get really invested in one of these games uh that, that appeals to you in a particular way it, it hits you harder than a lot of other games are likely to uh, specifically because it's a shared experience. So uh, there is a, you know, a, a thing that bugs me about, you know, trying to watch uh, uh, a dot hack or, you know, Sword Art Online will have the same sort of thing this one did. I think Log Horizon is about the only one where I actually enjoyed the game presentation, but most of these, they bug me. <laughs> in their game design because again it doesn't feel like you had people who ever played it it was the same thing with why uh, Yu-Gi-Oh drives me up a wall because Magic the Gathering is my favorite game of all time and the sins of a card game as a foundational structure of the universe and basically where every conflict is presented and solved by their ability to top deck exactly the card that they need drive me up <laughs> friggin wall so i have i have the <laughs> i can take a game like carta i have no connection to it i'm like this is real wacky and real interesting but the moment that i attach to the concepts of the game and see it being violated i uh i keep getting taken out of you know my enjoyment of the narrative to to fixate on my problems with the uh, with the game itself. Someday, maybe I will find a a proper one to fall in love with. But uh, so far, so far, it is uh, it is not happening. <laughs> Which is a weird well, complaint, but hey. I will certainly do my best if I ever see one that I think you'll like. I will send it your way. <laughs> so yeah i mean with to be fair there's only one thing about this series that really irked me and it's actually nothing even related to any of the things that you've brought up already <laughs> i like the that. only thing that really irked me <laughs> about this series is i think the order that they told the stories was 
poorly chosen. Uh, I think the whole story arc with Rushian or Nishimura, whichever you want to call it, getting hacked and having to go find his stuff again and then getting married to Akko all over again, I think that story arc should have been the last one. Certainly uh, the imagery would have been most befitting of the way to end the show was them getting married again inside the game. It would have been nice to have them like a heart-to-heart in meat space and also be a, a thing in the game. Yeah, so I just, that was the thing that irked me about the series the most, is I just thought that putting the school festival arc after that one was a little silly and pointless. Indeed, indeed. I assume they were probably just blindly following whatever, you know, structure you get from the, uh, from the novels. I know with manga, an anime adaptation is likely to change the chapter order to present things differently. Mm-hmm. I'm not real sure if they do that much as far as light novels go. Uh, I mean, I can certainly think of uh, uh, in the Monogatari series, they did not do Kizu Monogatari in order, but that's because they wanted to make those as high quality movies. So it just followed the development cycle that they were able to devote for the movies. So they came out a lot later, but otherwise it was in order. And for the most part, I think most of those will go in the authorial order. It feels like they don't have as much of a choice. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know if, I don't know if Haruhi deviated a bit. I know a whole lot of people who wish they would have skipped the endless eight, though. So. Oh yeah, I, re- <laughs> I, rem- I remember endless eight. I remember that whole debacle. I didn't watch it, but I do remember the eight weeks of bitching and bitching and bitching. <laughs> I would have been perfectly fine with that because. There is something about it that feels like it's it, it's a very daring move, certainly, to take something like that. And as far as I know, it was like one novel or even half of a light novel was what that represented. So there was certainly no reason to make it eight episodes. You would have been perfectly fine, you know, presenting it over the course of, say, three. You would have gotten enough stretching to do it. It could have been very interesting if the end hook was strong enough. Like, you just have to... you The amount of tension that you've built up at that point has to deliver at the end. And, you know, it was nice, but it was not eight episodes worth of fulfilling. So, therefore, <laughs> I can understand the frustration a whole lot more. It, it, had, to, it had to earn what it was doing. And if they thought that it could have at the time, they were they were definitely wrong. But uh, considering you know the out of order total presentation of uh, of Haruhi in general, they they obviously liked playing around with that series. That was a weird tangent. <laughs> so, did you have any other comments or anything else that you wanted to bring up before we wrap things up? I think so. Not much that. The, the only interesting thing when I was doing my, you know, cast lookup was I'd never really heard of the 
studio project number nine before i'm familiar with you know some of their stuff but it, it's usually of similar type uh recently my sister is unusual girls beyond the wasteland uh, ryo's work is never done the the other uh shogi anime the one with uh, you know a whole lot of for whatever reason elementary schoolers uh, <laughs> so, uh they recently did an actual um isekai that i did enjoy but we're obviously still continually flooded with them but uh they did the uh the average abilities one mm-hmm. uh which i enjoyed enough it was it was it was nice it was a, a pleasant fluffy ride through uh but the director I'd also never heard of, but it kind of looks like the director basically does a whole bunch of stuff for that studio. He's he's like an in-house director, so I think almost all of the things I just mentioned were things that he directed along with uh, Natoge. So uh, it's just sort of funny to see that. You, You will definitely see, you know, particular studio director attachments but not for you know stuff like this it's it's like an unknown studio an unknown director and just kind of you know fairly shruggable overall works not not a whole lot of distinction usually the studio plus director equals like this is the director's home and they're they are auteuring in here and presenting these things over there and i'm like well this guy's just you know attached to this random studio so that, that was a little funny. So, alright, let's go ahead, let's wrap things up for this month. Thank you very much for sitting down and chatting with me again. Next month, we'll be back with two brand new series. We don't know what they are yet, but we'll be sure to let you know on Twitter once we do decide. Uh, until then, have a great night, everybody, and if you enjoy what we're doing, remember to like, share, and subscribe, and we will talk to you all soon. Good night, folks.